Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. In today's episode, What I Do, Telling to Coaching. And this, Greg, is one of your topics, isn't it? Yeah, I just, this is, this is, I love this topic. And it's really just about the continuum of coaching and continuum of leadership. And, and, uh, you know, it's such a complicated thing these days uh, as people are moving back into the office, as, as there's uh, five generations in the workplace, uh, there's lots of uh, stress that's going on. So leaders these days, managers need to know when to how when and how to show up depending on what's happening right now. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, which I think is a really poignant and important conversation. So let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time, and we've both been managers on and off through most of our careers. We have both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We're going to start at the perspective of the employee. And we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. And I know we're going to have another good discussion today. I agree. So what I do, telling to coaching. You have a work environment with your boss where you experience all or some of the following. They just tell you what to do. There isn't room for a discussion. There may be very little context. Even where there may be conversation or context, it is a very top-down arrangement. You are just completing tasks rather than being part of something bigger. How are you going to improve and become something more than just part of an assembly line? How will you mature as an employee? How important is this subject and how does it affect our relationships? Well, you know, the first thing I would say is that for decades, uh, this was the management style that people taught. It was like your role is to set direction, tell people what to do, and deliver the results. And uh, those in themselves aren't really bad. But the problem is they don't um, enable anyone to grow the skills. That last point in particular, how am I supposed to grow? I mean, you know uh, those environments where you've been for a long time and it's just a, a telling and it's just a um, no uh, ability to be a part of it, to involve it. Um, you know, you become like uh, the drones. You know, or what were those dead computers that they used to call that were just like uh, they sat and they hooked into the main system, but they really didn't have any knowledge. I can't remember what it was called, the old systems, but that's what it is. And so an environment that is full of drones people that actually have no ability to make decision drones probably not the word but ability to like dumb computers that that really just are uh, an expression of whatever is at the center that doesn't work that that mistakes are made there's no engagement productivity is is at a minimal you know i heard a statement recently a fact recently a week ago that said 59% of employees in north america are just working the minimum, 59%. And in Canada, 21% are engaged. And that means that 79% of employees right now in Canada are disengaged. Now, that's a massive number. We have not seen these numbers ever. And I actually think that, that some of it has to do with uh, especially remoteness sometimes. You tell people, you send emails, this is what you need to do, but there's no dialogue, there's no coaching, and there's no, um, there's less opportunity for people to engage in making an impact 
making a difference in whatever you're trying to accomplish. And that's what happens. You end up with 59% just doing the bare minimum. Well, man, the bare minimum isn't going to help your organization succeed. I've worked in a number of environments where it's it's swung, right? It goes from being very directive to where you have a lot of freedom. And uh, I've experienced that in the course of one day. Mm. And then I found as I became a supervisor in the police and then you know, eventually joined management within, you know, a securities context, you know, where it's the same thing. You know, at times we're very, very directive and other times you give people a great, you know, a lot of freedom, creative freedom to deal with certain things. And it depended on the person, but uh, I think every job has kind of its, 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 its style and, we really need to think about what we want at the end of the day. Do we want, you know, robots just doing what, you know, they're, you know, one plus one equals two or, mm-hmm. or, or do we want, you know, a good conversation? We want people part of the solution, part of what we're going to become. I don't know, but uh, I've experienced all those things in one day. I agree. And I think that's a really good point. It doesn't mean that we're not sometimes if we're leaders and managers that we don't need to be directive because sometimes we do. Uh, but we can't do that all the time. No. And we got to find that balance and we got to be really aware of what is needed in this moment, uh, of time and how best to, I then show up knowing what's needed in this moment. That's cool. So let's, uh, discuss, uh, the manager side of things. And a lot of these points are questions uh, mm-hmm. to be asked. Are you a directive type of boss? Yeah. And I would add to that, if you are, if you're thinking about, you know, yeah, I am a teller. I am someone who really gets a lot of energy on sharing my knowledge. And again, it might not be a bad thing. It might be you are just have a depth of knowledge. And so you get satisfaction with being able to tell people what to do and how to do it versus sharing. Versus sharing or, you know, it's okay to tell. I always tell folks that if you're, if you're someone who has a tendency to be directive, um, always begin by asking questions and be the last person to bring the answers forward. Because what happens is if you're telling them all, everything that they need to do and step by step and going forward all the time, people don't learn that way. You have to actually help them think through the solution to your point. And so asking the question, you might have the knowledge, and at some point you might have to partake the knowledge. You might um, need to direct. If it's an emergency, guess what? You're going to be really directive, and you need to be directive. If it's the start, clarity is equally important. Um, but how much clarity, and, and if it's just telling everything, then that's not good. But clarity is really important for, for success as well. So sometimes that directiveness is here's, here's what you need to know. Um, and now let's open it up. Yeah. I, I think back to my, uh, uniform sergeant days, you know, I would arrive on the scene of a dynamic situation and it's very directive, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, a look, you know, a hand gesture, you know, something on the radio, we just deal with the situation. But then later on that day, I may go to a crime scene where it's already occurred and walked up and, and you're there, you're mm. the first officer on scene. You're the one that's kind of running things until maybe a, uh, a specialty unit shows up and I go, Hey Greg, what's the situation? And we have this conversation. Say, what do you need? Yeah. I need another two people to take a look over here. Okay, fine. Have, who have, who have you, you know, do you need somebody else notified about what's going on? Yeah. If you could contact so-and-so for me, great. You're just there supporting. You're just there, you know, letting them bounce things off you and letting them just tell you what they've done and what's going on. And it's like, and that's, you know, within two hours. Yeah. And I bet you the best leaders that you had, even in those uh, situations where, especially when you have time, would say stuff like, okay, Alistair, what do you see? 
Yeah. Tell me what you see and, and, and what does that mean? And how does that, so actually allowing you to scan the scene, analyze it and make, and then, well, yeah, well, and, and then if you don't see something that they clearly see that you need to see, then they will say, Okay, Elster, what about this? What do you notice about this? So they'll give you a little bit of a nudge. And then if you still don't say it, okay, the one thing you missed is this. And here's, here's how I see it. And here's, boy, that creates such an environment. Then next time, all of a sudden you're going to have a lens. Those questions that you went through and the, the eye, the, the path that you took to really think through it, you pick that up. That's what great leaders do. It's probably really helpful to look back and, um, what were your early, experiences in your career with this like were you in a directive environment Mm. or were you in you know maybe something a little bit different and i go back and you know i worked in social services then i worked in the police i've got a whole mishmash of experiences to draw upon but thinking back about where you came from will probably be pretty informative to where you're going well it's interesting I, i as you know i do a lot of leadership programs and and uh, two weeks ago, I was down in the States and we were launching a, a leadership program. We always start with asking people to think before they came, who are the best leaders? You know, who are the people that really stand out in their mind that really allowed you to grow and shift and become who you are today? And always in the top three are they created a space for me to learn. Um, they, they kept calm. They uh, asked great questions. Those are always in the top, for sure in the top five. Um, and those are all, they're, they're not directive. Now, usually in the top 10, that when there was, uh, that when they needed to, when we needed to move fast or we need an answer, they were there with that answer and they direct. So it also is included in that, but it's usually around eight, uh, the eighth highest thing. And as managers, you know, we take a look around. Is the work situation one that actually requires that directiveness at any, all the time? Oh, yeah. You, well, you talked about it. You know, if you're, if you're on an active crime scene, uh, and there's, as you, in the police officer, there's shooters or whatever is going on, you don't want someone to say, Alistair, what do you see here? You want someone who really has experiences. You go here, you go here, watch this, watch this. So, and, you know, emergency situations are that. Um, you know, when I was in manufacturing, uh, you know, if the, if we're having problems with the line, you need someone who can really just get in there and make the call and make things happen. So sometimes directive is really necessary and, and important all, and, important. Yeah, and important and setting targets. You know, here's what we're learning. You got to be clear. You, you got to set the tone because people actually in that same study of that 59% uh, of uh, that were working at the minimum, th- one of the things that they said, one of the top three things that they said that folks are looking for to be more engaged is clear direction and accountability uh, across the board. So th- that's pretty directive. Yeah. Yeah. And as a leader, uh, as a manager, looking at the situation, is there room to move from kind of more bossing, you know, telling people what to do to a more coaching environment? Is Does it appear to be possible? Well, I think it is. And you know what? Uh, this comes back to almost every podcast that we have. It, it's important to, first of all, know your people and know the situation and create the space to reflect and say, okay, what am I going into? Now, sometimes you don't have the time to do it. You got to move quickly. And usually if you got to move quickly, then it probably is going to be a little bit more directive. But in most cases, if you can take the time to say, listen, um, 
what's going on in this situation and and who am I talking to and what do they need in this moment to be the best? Uh, there are some times though when you say, hey, listen, I need to talk to you right away. I need, I need you to come to my office right away. Well, that's a little bossy. But then when you get into your office, it says, I need to chat with you specifically about something and then you can shift the coaching. So sometimes you got to be a little bit more directive to catch attention. And then I think having the conversation to coach is necessarily you, you need to go. And then sometimes you're coaching but you, if you need someone to move to action, and if they're not really moving to action through the coaching, sometimes you got to shift back up to directing. So it is this continuum, I think, in the best leaders in the coaching from being more directive to more coaching. And it's just knowing when to do it. And don't we want people to move towards uh, being employees, being more able to have a better understanding of what they do and the ability to make more decisions, to have such an understanding of their roles that they're able to make a bunch of decisions for the betterment of what's going on. Well, we know that, um, you know, another stat that came out of the same study was that uh, 83% are looking. 83%. When you mean looking, you mean looking, looking for another for job. Other, like are, are definitely keeping their eyes open. Uh, it's a less percentage that are actively looking, but looking. So, and, and pro if the more you can involve people, we do know, that what keeps people engaged and enhances retention are that you feel that their boss knows you, they feel that your boss values you. And the third one is, I feel that I can make an impact uh, or provide input into a bigger cause. Well, this more decisions and better understanding is about that third piece. The more you can engage people in the solution and the ideas towards a purpose, Guess what? You're going to keep them longer. And, and again, it's a beautiful cycle because the more they're involved, the more they're taking ownership, the more they're equipped to make decisions. As a leader, as a manager, that opens space for you to learn and get into the things you really want to do. And we kind of have to understand that coaching your employees takes time, but in the long run, it creates better employees and better work. It is time consuming sometimes. It's sometimes just easier to say, Greg, if you could do this, please. I agree. And, you know, it's it's uh, 100%. And, you know, there is a bit of a a thrill of being the cowboy, of being the, <laughs> I can take care of everything. I got the big answer. Man on, big man on campus. Big man, on, big man on campus. You know, like being that that person who can, it's good. And it is, it takes time. Sometimes we don't get stuff as quickly as we need to be. Sometimes it's going to take more than one of thinking through and what do you see, Alistair, going forward. But in the end, it's, 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 it's so much better because the more people you have equipped that are working for you, that can make those decisions, that can think through the problems, the better your life will be. Short term, yeah, it's going to take time, but long term, man, it's sweet. And it's your job. It's oh, your job to coach people. Well, and more and more, it's being made clear in the workplaces today that you are no longer the director, you are the coach. And uh, that's a whole different set of skills. Uh, but it is something we can learn. It's not something that is it it, it is uh, unlearnable. It's actually learnable. And I think we also have to uh, admit that being directive is tiresome, and it means you, as the person doing all the directing, is taking on all the responsibilities. Exactly. I mean, people don't have time today. I mean, uh, managers that middle manager level in particular is the highest stressed. Mm -hmm. um, group that's out there because there's so much that they're trying to do 
And, uh, you know, for, for me personally, as a leader, I had to crash in order to figure out how to do this differently. Uh, and I mean, literally crash physically, emotionally, spiritual, mentally, the whole thing. And, and, uh, you know, often it's through the pain of discovery that you recognize, what am I doing? And directedness can curtail creativity and the use of people's talent and experience to the, their full abilities. Yeah, it, it definitely can. If you are constantly telling someone what to do and not giving them any space to think through, um, you, you get, you get dulled. Um, and then you get to that 59%, which is doing the bare minimum. It's because, you know what? I don't really care. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to put in my shift. You know what? The presenteeism is the other term where people are present, but they're actually absent. So, uh, that's the other one. And, and really often that will come if you don't feel you're able to contribute. And if your boss is not creating the space to do that, boy, oh boy, that, that snuffs out creativity pretty quickly. And the two last questions I think for the, uh, bosses, what work environment do you want to work in and what type of boss do you want to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all about choice. You know, sometimes people say, well, my organization isn't like that. I can't do that. Well, uh, there may be some things that you can't do, but I always, I always point to Stephen Covey had this beautiful circle of concern, circle of influence, circle of control. So start in the middle circle of control. What do you control? There is some stuff you can control. So you can create the environment in your small circle. Or And you can begin to influence wider than your circle in other areas of how you show up and how you create the space for people to be more involved. Um, you might not be able to change the company. That, that might be way beyond. But I've seen so many amazing departments within organizations that are just a disaster. Um, and you know what? People are highly engaged. It's, um, 75% of people will stay in a bad environment if their boss is a great coach and creates space for learning and growth. So, uh, hey, people might be leaving in all the other areas, but, uh, I was, I was coaching someone recently and they were in a finance department and this is a young leader, but he is really like this. He creates the space. He listens to his people. Um, he develops the talent. And in the organization, they had massive turnover and he had none. And people wondered why. Well, it's because he cared. He knew his people and he created a coaching environment where people could find value and impact. Ding, ding, ding. Winner. Absolutely. As employees, there's some things that we can do to assist the situation. Think about your past experience. Where are you coming from? Have you fallen into that uh, position where you just like people telling what you do because it feels comfortable and you don't have to make any decisions and maybe that's where you are right now? Or, you know, did you come from a, you know, a situation like you just described? And um, like on the manager side, it's important to sit there and, and just realize where you came from and what your past experience is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a big difference because we are, we can be numbed mm-hmm. and into whatever scenario we're in. And, uh, and there's always an opportunity to shift. And I have had employees that just like to be told what to do. It's just where they are and they're in a certain part of their life that that's really what they need. And that's cool too. But, um, knowing that, admitting that, and just being okay with it is, is really important as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, and different people are at different times. This, this, uh, I was uh, listening to some of this this uh, uh, past week, and we were talking about engagement, especially in a hybrid situation. And he said something interesting. Apparently, there's a McKinsey study that looks at categorizing employees in five different buckets, but one of those buckets is caregiver. So. I, I thought that was really interesting because as a caregiver of either kids or, or seniors outside of work, I may not have the time or the bandwidth or the bandwidth to contribute for a period of time. Yes. But acknowledging that person and providing them space and a different environment where they may only be able to do the 59, 60% for a specific period of time. But, but I bet you even in that environment, if you say, I see you and I hear what you're going through and here's what we're going to do. We're here to support you. You know, I, I suspect that in that 59%, they're going to get a lot done. And uh, the next two I'm going to put together, where do you want to go and what do you want and who do you want to work for? There is a, a certain amount of choice for most people out there. There's some people that are in a hard spot and just have to to be where they are right now. But wh- where do you want to go in your life and, and who do you actually want to work for? I've, I've changed jobs because of people because either I didn't want to work for somebody or more importantly, there are people that I wanted to work for. And to me, it was very important to work for somebody that we had a certain type of relationship. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Hopefully your boss has a, you have a good enough relationship that it moves on to the next one, which is can you facilitate, if you know what you want, and if you say, listen, I do want to be more involved in stuff. I do want to um, be given the space that I can think through things. And you, you can shape it because sometimes bosses are just in a, in a rut, and if you're able to facilitate with your boss and say, hey, Alistair, um, I see you're swamped. I would love to step up and try to take some more uh, responsibility. Uh, I might not have all the information yet. So here's what I'd love to do if possible. Uh, for our next meeting, I would love to uh, bring some solutions, what I'm thinking about in the project that we're working on. And rather than rather than you just having to always tell me what to do, I'd love to try and think through some stuff. Uh, maybe you could ask me a couple, probe me with a couple of questions to help me think. That's a beautiful conversation. And most bosses will say, huh, I love the initiative. And, and then if you come back with some good solutions, the trust builds. And then sooner or later, you're into the right pathway to where you're going to go. But it starts with having that con- that bold, brave conversation with your boss. Uh, and, uh, and you know, that starts with having a relationship with your boss. So how do you, you know, again, it all comes back to knowing. Well, the next point was when you have a, say, cur- carve out some time for a discussion with your boss, as you've talked about, and as well, take advantage of any opportunities during things like evaluations or goal setting to discuss your thoughts on the work and what your role is. I really like what you said. Uh, there's been some times where uh, I've been able to have those conversations, even in a paramilitary organization, say, hey, listen, this this is what I'm doing. This is what I like to do. I remember I was being criticized for uh, the way I was uh, uh, discharging my role uh, by people outside of my team. And I, I went to my boss and, and uh, I went to him and said, listen, you know what I'm doing out there? I'm there for the troops. I'm a supervisor. I show up at the calls and in between I do some other things. Uh, all of it, you know, is, is part of the duties of what we do. And he went, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Because for me to speak to somebody about the, the amount of work and the quality work that they're doing, if they see me doing the same thing, mm-hmm. modeling how we should perhaps approach these things, to me that's way better than me chasing around somebody and saying, listen, you're not working hard enough. You're, you're not, we've got some problems out there. We need to deal with them and I need you to do... If I'm out there doing it, they're going to do it too. So 
I have had that opportunity, even in a very paramilitary organization, mm -hmm. to be able to have a conversation with my boss and say, hey, listen, do you have a, a problem? Like, this is my approach. Are we okay? He says, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 100%. I agree. And you're right. In the goal setting times, you know, if you have, if you have quarterly updates or even annual updates, those are the times that are perfect time to have that conversation. And maybe you need to have uh, a difficult discussion with your boss about how the relationship works. And I've had this a couple times and, you know, one time I left. Mm -hmm. It was just, you know, we just couldn't agree on, on what that was going to look like. And there's no hard feelings. I mean, I, I really respected the person that, but it was quite obvious that uh, I was going to be taking a big step back in, in what I was doing. And so we had a conversation and very pleasantly, I went somewhere else and they supported that. And mm -hmm. it was cool, but you know, I mean, not all the time are you in a position where you can have that conversation. But to your point, if, you know, you're in that situation and, you know, you have the confidence that you, and, and just the, the will that you really need to do something, then take the opportunity. Yeah, and we've said in, a, in past podcasts uh, about a couple of tools that you can do to really help facilitate that discussion. One is the three inarguable uh, statements we've, we've said before, but I'll just repeat them quickly. It's like, I'm feeling, I think, or I'm sensing. So those are really good things to have a conversation with your boss. It, sa it says, you know what, I'm feeling, I'm feeling really unmotivated or I'm feeling frustrated um, because I, I'm, I'm not feeling I'm contributing the level that I could. Um, and then, then uh, um, if there's a specific situation that you need to have a conversation with your boss, there is the, um, the uh, I S B Q it's uh, in what's the intention. My intention, I want to sit down with you and talk about how we work together. Uh, the situation is yesterday in the meeting, uh, you know, uh, you just, you brought in all the, all the examples and actions that we need to take. And, and, uh, when you do that, although I love your energy and I love your, your, your knowledge and experience, I would really love to take a stab at trying to, because I think it would help you going forward question. And then what do you think? So there's, there are simple pathways that will help you have that discussion with your boss. And I would encourage you, if you are going to have a difficult conversation with your boss, you know, make sure, pick the right time. You know, you know, is your boss a morning person or an evening person, afternoon person? Um, bring them a coffee. Bring them a coffee. Um, and then plan your conversation ahead of time. Maybe even practice it with somebody because that's really can be helpful on, on, uh, on, on making sure that difficult conversation goes, uh, better. Often what we do is we get all bent up and excited or worried about a conversation and then we blurt it out and we're not prepared and it doesn't go well. So if you're going to have that difficult conversation, which is so important, be mindful. And model the relationship you want with other workmates you deal with. You can always, and you've kind of mentioned this a little while ago, you can always influence the environment around you. Like even if there's chaos, if you're working in a small group and you all have a good relationship and, and things are just buzzing along, you know, that, that's done, that happens for a reason because people have a relationship, either, you know, manager to, to workers or workers to workers or everybody all together. You can influence your environment and, you know, you can sit there and be upset and, you know, ticked off about something, or you can, you know, if you're in this situation, you can make it work the, to the best of your abilities and other people will, will key off that. And hopefully if you have a, a manager, maybe they're tone deaf and they don't know what's going on, but when they see people working together well and stuff like that, hopefully it's contagious. Uh, yeah, I love that. You know, again, that continuum of directing to coaching, that doesn't just apply to formally titled bosses. That applies to all of us. There are times when 
we need to make the call because of our expertise and be more directive. Uh, there are other times when we can ask our coworker, well, what do you think? Uh, I got some thoughts, but I'd love to hear what you got to think first. Well, that's great coaching. That's creating questions and space for people to think and to build relationship. It tells me as your coworker that actually you, you care to hear what I have to say. And that builds trust and relationship. And guess what? That's going to help and, and ripple through the organization. And I've been in a bunch of situations where like I've worked with, for somebody that's just terrible, mm -hmm. but the crew, we had a really good time. Yeah. You know, and, and I've, I've worked for a boss in a larger situation that wasn't good, but I liked working for that boss and the team, we had a good relationship and we did some good work and, and, uh, you know, this is one of these situations where you need to be thankful for the good stuff that's going on there. And then, you know, going to the next point here, if things aren't working out, think about where you want to go, what you want to do. And, there, you know, none of us have been conscripted here. Mm -hmm. We all have a, we all have the ability to leave and move on to something else. And, and, you know, maybe it's not the time, but, um, you know, I've been in so many good situations. It, it made me really appreciate uh, the re relationships I had with, uh, coworkers or partners or mm -hmm. teammates and stuff. And, 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 you know, some of the bosses that I've worked for, um, you know, you really need to celebrate those, but when that's done, if you're not happy and you can't do anything about it, uh, then you, you know, take measured thoughts about what you want to do mm -hmm. next. And then, you know, don't jump off things quickly. Make sure you have a plan. You figure out what you want to do and, and, don't leave because you're angry. You leave because you want to go somewhere yeah. and, and fit in and support and continue on with whatever it is that's important to you. We've always said uh, it's so much better to uh, run towards something than run away from something. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I've seen people run away from things and, um, and not thinking about it. But, you know, I've had lots of discussions over the years with people that are moving on to something else. And, and what I've been just uh, really... Uh, impressed by is the amount of thought that people have got. They've gone mm -hmm. through an exercise about why and where and what I want to do and stuff like that. And when I see people do things like that, I go, okay, you're leaving. I feel good because I hate it when people leave and they just jump and mm -hmm. I go, they haven't thought this out, Greg. They, mm -hmm. they, they don't really have a place to land. Um, you know, they're not going to a happy place. They're just leaving. And I feel much more comfortable when somebody sits down, and they walk me through, uh, kind of why they're going and mm -hmm. what they're looking for and stuff. And I'm like, you have my support. Not yeah. that you need it, no. but, but you have my 100% support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you've said, you haven't said it in a while, but you, you sometimes end our podcast saying, who are you talking to? And it is about that inner circle, mm -hmm. right? Before you make those big decisions, talk to your inner circle, ask them the questions, tell them your plan, ask them to poke holes on it. Uh, uh, they will, they will maybe help you see what you don't see. And, uh, and then in the end, if you've done that, that's a beautiful filter. If even after all that, you say, you know what, I can't be here, then, then that you'll have a plan to where you need to go. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, wrap up, Greg. Yeah. I just, for me, this one is pretty interesting. Our world is changing and, uh, successful organizations, successful managers in the future will need to become more fuller coaches. Uh, boy, in that meeting that I had last week where we, we kind of asked what the attributes of great leaders were, it was all about coaching. And realizing that coaching doesn't necessarily mean always just asking questions. There are times when you have to tell and times you have to coach, but it's actually stretching out that probably 70% or 80% is really what we would think of, of classic coaching. 
asking really great questions, helping the person think through it themselves and come up with the solutions themselves. And then you're still though going to have 20, you know, 20%, which is, which is directing where you need to do that. So, but really think about what is your uh, natural style um, and where do you need to shift in order to have more of that balance? Because uh, if you don't, you aren't going to be a successful leader in the future. I really I agree with everything you've said there. And to me, there's such a discernment process in this. And as I talked about in uh, at the beginning with a couple of examples, there's times when you need to be directive and people expect you to be, to take care of the situation, whatever it is. And then there's other times where, you know, you need to show respect towards these people that, you know, you might be working with people that are very, very experienced. Right. And it's like, you know, Greg, uh, yeah, this is great. Uh, tell me what you're, you're thinking here. What's mm -hmm. going on? Okay. This is some, this is a concern. I would, you know, I came up as we're, as I was reading your memo or whatever. And, and one of my questions was this, and mm -hmm. then we get into a discussion. Yeah. Boss, that's a really good question. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. That's something we need to put a little thought into. And to me, I've done both in the course of just a couple of hours and I've had it done to me like that as well, which I really appreciated it. You know, there's times when I remember I worked in a, a very elite unit, very confidential unit and the boss would just come in and he would start off. Tell me what you're thinking. Mm. tell me where you think we are and what needs to be done. Yeah. And so like, and you knew you had like seven minutes, like mm -hmm. five minutes, five, mm -hmm. seven minutes. And you said, fine. Went, oh, wow. Like so affirming, right? <laughs> yeah. And you go, I am on the right track here. Yeah. Like, you know, and in terms of development and, and stuff like that and skill sets and, and perspective, it's very, very powerful yeah. when somebody trusts you and, and coaches you or, or just creates an opportunity for you to participate and, and say what's on your mind and, 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 and they take advantage of your experience and your perspective on things. Yeah. And, you know, even you said earlier, there are some people that just want to do their job and leave and, and depending on their current situations going forward. But even those people ask their involvement, ask their ideas, they will leave affirmed and connected. So, I mean, there's, there's the, yeah, even with those folks, uh, approaching in the right way can get greater engagement and greater involvement. Somebody was uh, put on my team once and they're in trouble for something, not with me. And uh, they were like a closed shop, right? And so we sat down one day, they'd only been working for me for a couple of days and uh, they were talking. I said, what's your, what's your thoughts on this file here? They go, what do you mean? Said, what's your thoughts? You want to know what I think? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I do. And so we ended up having like an hour and a half conversation. Now we didn't solve anything. But just getting this person out of the kind of the siege mentality that mm -hmm. they were in, that they were just going to do the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. And, oh, well, I think, you know, and whatever your recommendations are, a lot of these things we've talked about, they're great questions. They're great things that we really need to consider. So I'll leave it to you. Mm. Oh, okay. And the person was only with me for three or four months and then they left, but they were pleasant to deal with. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what the problem was before they were given to me. Mm -hmm. I don't care. All I was worried about is our environment, the team, their, mm -hmm. their impact on the team their thoughts about what their role was in the team. And we ended up having a really good experience. Hmm, awesome. And unfortunately they left before they finished everything, but they, the work that they did do was really, really good. So mm. to me, there's all, you know, I look back over the years and years in the different places I've worked in the different contexts that I've worked. I've really, really appreciated people that are directive when they need to be and are more coaching and open in other situations. Mm -hmm. I agree hundred percent. So, um, Listen, we hope uh, some of what we've spoken about you find helpful. We hope we didn't say anything that made you angry or you found it offensive. But Greg, uh, this is probably one of those situations where your uh, 
philosophy is well grounded here. Yeah, this is a great because uh, some people aren't going to like what we said. No, no, that's right. And uh, folks, uh, this is something that uh, we end each of our podcasts with, and it's some great wisdom from my first coach. And she said, you know, while we're together, Greg, there are going to be times when uh, we talk about something, or maybe I challenge you back on something that's going to make you feel a little crunchy and a little upset, a little churny. Uh, there are other times when you're going to feel really good, when uh, almost, you know, that acknowledgement, that, that type of thing. And But she said, you know what, in both scenarios, this is really good. These are both opportunities for learn. And for me personally, I think I learned more about the, from the crunchy if I allow it to happen. I was talking to someone today and said, you know, learn from the crunchy. And so we do hope that maybe we added a little bit of crunchy for you and a little bit of joy. And we encourage you to reflect upon both of them. And hopefully you'll pull some good learnings out. Cool. Cool. Um, shout out. Sure. I don't think we've said this country before. It popped up in the, uh, in the stats over the last week. So correct me if I'm wrong. Brazil. I don't think we've ever had anyone from Brazil. We have had from, uh, uh, South America before. I think from, um, Chile. Yeah. But not from Brazil. Welcome, Brazil. Yeah, welcome to the club. Uh, there wasn't a city. Maybe uh, as we go along, the, the stats will uh, reveal a little bit more. But uh, I saw that today. I saw the flag and I went, yay. All right. Awesome. Welcome Fantastic. to the crew. Um, anything else, my friend? No, that's everything for me. Remember, folks, take the time with the people you work with. They are an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. We'll talk to you next time. Take care.